the blessed gospel light. Yeah, God is the light in the midst of a, of a dark world. We're thankful to know God and to know that God knows us. And what a blessing it is to participate in worship this evening. We're thankful you are here tonight, those who are here present and those who are online. And we praise God for your attendance. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Oh, Heavenly Father, we praise your holy and divine name and thank you. Hallowed be your great and amazing name. Please bless our worship that all things will be acceptable in your sight. Please help us, Lord God, to gain insight into your word and will give us strength to face another day in our relationship with you and our fight against evil and our fight against Satan. Help us, Lord God, to be better Christians uh, from the words that we hear from your word than we have been in the past. And we thank you and praise you and beg that you bless us to never forget Jesus who willingly died on that cruel cross of Calvary that we might live. And it's in his name we pray and thank thee if it be thy will. Amen. So tonight's lesson comes to you in the form of a question. And this question, I think, is, uh, is very important that we, we gain um, an understanding of, of how to answer the question that comes to us. Does God know all things. You've heard the blanket statement made. Maybe you've made the statement. Um, uh, perhaps all of us have at one time. Uh, God knows everything. Uh, and then we go into God's omniscient power and omnipotent power and, and, and omnipresence. And we say, yes, based on that, God knows all things. I want to challenge that a little bit tonight. Because out of that comes the questions in your Bible studies that makes it difficult when we say, or they say, if God knows all things, these are questions that were asked to me. Then why is, and then they'll go into this uh, whole uh, sketch about their life. And they'll just kind of draw it out for you and, and you go, oh, oh, okay. Well, why has this happened? And they'll go into this uh, dialogue about things in their lives or other people's lives or the world as it, as it continues on. And the next question uh, that came to me long, long time ago was, uh, God made humans and God loves us, right? Of course he does. Did God know that humans would go to hell? Well, obviously God did. Um, well, then the question is, if God knows that all humans that he made, that the majority of them are going to go to hell and God's a God of love, then why did God make humans? So then you have to go into this study and, and, and deal with that. And so um, let, let's, let's think tonight maybe uh, about this question. And I want to look first at Jesus on the earth. And then I want to look at the, the, the idea of this from the Godhead, from the throne room itself. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 2 for our first scripture for tonight. So both of these questions or all of these questions must be answered in a way that um, is consistent with uh, the scriptures and that's freedom of choice, right? God has given man a free will or if you will a free choice. And so when we look at this scripture, we're going to look at it with the, the idea of the understanding that man does have a free choice and man's free choice means that God will not violate your free choice. So you get to choose. We get to choose. There are some times when we don't really have an option. In other words, we're put in a position that we would not have chosen to be in. But in that position, we get to choose how we handle that situation and, and how we deal with the situation in front of us. We start in Genesis 2, beginning at verse 15. There the Bible says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in, to the garden of Eden, to cultivate and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, 
From any tree of the garden you may eat freely. But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For on the day that you eat from it you shall surely die. So man had a free choice. Deuteronomy chapter 30. God did not violate his free choice. God allowed man to uh, roam about in the garden and make a decision uh, every day or every time they came near that tree as to whether or not they were going to eat or not. Deuteronomy 30, beginning at verse 19. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants, by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, and by holding fast to him. This is your life and the length of your days, that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. So God gives man the freedom to choose. Now Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. There are some things I want to just say to you, uh, beginning this lesson. There are some things that are impossible for God to do. That's important. And that's in harmony with the scriptures. That's in harmony with the Godhead. There are some things that are impossible for God to do. I'm going to give you one of them. Hebrews chapter 6 and the verse is 18. The Bible says that in order that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we may have strong encouragement, we who have fled for refuge and laying hold of the hope set before us. And that sounds like, well, we know that. Well, yeah, but then if we know that, then we ought not say God can do all things because God cannot do all things. And that's in harmony with his nature. James uh, chapter 1. Uh, verse 13. What happens is when we make blanket statements, it gets us in trouble in the Bible studies that we have with people who have these uh, kind of crazy uh, questions that they like to ask us, like, can God make a rock too big for him to lift? You know, you get into those kinds of things and we start saying God can do all things, right? Anyway, that's another topic within itself. Verse 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil and he himself does not tempt anyone. So God will never tempt us. Okay, it's very important. Nor can God be tempted by evil. We're talking about the Godhead. Jesus came to the earth and emptied himself, and he was tempted by evil, but he emptied himself. We'll come back to that uh, in just a moment. Deuteronomy 29. And by the way, God cannot make a rock too heavy for him to lift. <laughs> if he did, then the rock would be God, right? There's nothing, strong, nothing more powerful than God himself. Deuteronomy 29. So the reason why this, this topic is... Um, a little difficult if we when we get into all the questions that maybe you've been asked in in Bible studies or maybe even questions that you have. What makes it difficult is that we are limited; we're finite beings, and we really don't even know all the questions, the right questions to ask, right? And so Deuteronomy twenty nine and verse twenty nine, uh, the Bible tells us the secret things belong to God, right? Twenty nine says the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our sons forever that we may observe all the words of this law. So God has revealed some things, and some things he has kept secret. And so we are limited uh, in, in our understanding. I believe a more accurate statement 
uh, referring uh, to knowledge, the knowledge of God, it is better to say it in this way. God has access to all knowledge, but chooses not to know some things. God has access to all knowledge, but chooses not to know some things. He does not know all things, um, because it's within his power to choose not to know some things. Now, when I know that sounds maybe a little confusing, and maybe I've made it confusing, and I apologize. But I want to give you just one example of that. Turn to Isaiah 43. Isaiah chapter 43. I want to give you one example of God choosing not to know some things, which means that God does not know all things. That in itself uh, is a good thing for us to tell other folks. And it's something to rejoice over. Isaiah 43 in verse 25. The Bible says, I, even I, am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. So, if God chooses not to remember our sins, is that not something that God does not know? Right? Turn to Hebrews chapter 8. I can imagine on Judgment Day that, you know, when God says, Well done, ye good and faithful servant, and you and I immediately start to think back in our mind about things that maybe, maybe we left undone. And we might try to remind God of some of those things, and God will say, I don't know what you're talking about. Because God chose not to remember that thing. Right? Uh, Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 10. The Bible says, For this is the, co- the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their minds and I will write them upon their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach everyone his fellow citizen and everyone his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more. Chapter 10 and verse 16. There the Bible says, uh, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws upon their hearts and upon their minds. I will write them. He then says, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. So there's something or some things that God chooses not to remember or not to know. And we need that for judgment day. Turn to Philippians chapter 2. I wanted to start with the simple. So. We know that God has the power to choose not to know some things, whatever those things are. He can choose not to use his omniscient power to know. And I'm going to show you more of that as we go. And I'm going to show you it from the throne room. I need to show you it from there. But first, we're going to start with the easy. And that is while Jesus Christ was on the earth. So Jesus, I have no explanation for this. He is 100% God and 100% man at all times. Right? Before uh, uh, coming to the earth and, 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 and while on the earth, he was still the same God on the throne. And that's just an amazing concept within itself. But verse 5 of Philippians chapter 2, something happened when Jesus took on the form of a man so that he could be made like us, like us, so that he could be tempted by something he could never be tempted by before. God could never be tempted by evil, but Jesus was. In order for that to happen, in order for Jesus to be 100% man, 
while on the earth, the fullness of deity, and be tempted by evil, he had to get rid of something. I don't understand that because that's a God thing. None of us will know that answer. But we do know, verse 5 tries to explain it to us in the simplistic way. Verse 5 of Philippians 2 says, I have this attitude in yourselves which also was in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a bond servant, being made in the likeness of man. And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So the question is, what did Jesus empty himself of? Right? What did he empty himself of? Tonight we're just going to look at he emptied himself of the knowledge to know. But at the exact same time, he chose when to know, which is, we'll see that. Colossians uh, chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19. I want to show you the deity always dwelt in him, even while he was a man. Verse 19 of Colossians 1. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. What happens is when you have the Godhead, you have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And without any one of the three, without any one of the three, you no longer have God. So Jesus Christ has always been what Jesus Christ always has been. He always is what he always is. The fullness of deity never left him, but in some way he was able to set some things aside, however that goes in the Godhead. Chapter 2 of Colossians in verse 9. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. So all the fullness of deity dwelled in bodily form, but something happened in the Godhead that allowed him to be who he was in the flesh. So now, let's look at his life for just a moment. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. There are some things that while Jesus Christ was on the earth, he did not know. Okay? And there are other things that he did know. And he chose when to know and when not to know. Mark 11 verse 12. And on the next day, when they had departed from Bethany, he became hungry. And seeing at a distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he answered and said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening. Jesus didn't know that that tree had no figs on it. Because there are some things he just didn't know. Matthew 24. Jesus the man. Verse 36. But of that hour, of that day, you know, that hour, no one knows it. Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. While Jesus was on the earth, he did not know. Of his return. Luke chapter 2. And verse 52. The Bible speaks of him growing. And it says in verse 52. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom. And stature. And in favor with God. And man. So he had to grow. And, and the Bible tells us he learned. Obedience through the things he suffered. He had to learn. 
and he had to grow. There were some things, Jesus, the man, though he was the fullness of deity dwelt in him, there were some things that Jesus Christ chose not to know. But on the other hand, there are some things when Jesus used that that omniscient power to know what he needed to know. Turn to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 25. And you go back and you can look at the context and grab what the setting around the verses. Verse 25. And knowing their thoughts, he said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and any city or house divided against itself shall not stand. How did he know their thoughts? Well, he chose to know. We might say, well, the Holy Spirit uh, revealed this to him. We might, we might think about that, but the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible just says that Jesus Christ knew their thoughts. Again, he has the power to know what he chooses to know, and then he has the power to choose not to know. Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, verses 6 through verse 8. And it came about on another Sabbath that he entered the synagogue and he was teaching. And there was a man there whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees were watching him closely to see if he healed on the Sabbath in order that they might find reason to accuse him. But he knew what they were thinking. And he said to the man, with a withered hand, rise and come forward. And he rose and came forward. So again, Jesus chose to know. He knew what they were thinking. Matthew chapter 9, beginning at verse 1. Matthew 9, beginning at verse 1. And getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, They were bringing to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, Take courage, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This fellow blasphemes. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why are you thinking evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk. But in order that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, then he said to the paralytic, Rise, take up your bed, and go home. So, again, Jesus, some things he knew, some things he did not know. While on the earth, this is this is the easy part. The challenging part will come when we get into heaven's throne and we look to heaven and we realize that even heaven, there are times when heaven's throne chooses not to know but we'll do that lord willing next week john chapter 6 please in verse uh, 64 john chapter 6 in verse 64 the bible says there but there are some of you who do not believe for jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who it was that would betray him jesus knew John 13, John 13 and verse 1. As, as Jesus is um, as deity, he was able to decide 
to choose. That there would be times when he would, would have to know something. And, and there's times when he, when he chooses not to know some things for the purpose of the deity, the Godhead, if you will. And when we look at Jesus on the earth, we can see that as you continue on through the Gospels and you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will see it time and time again when Jesus, uh, sometimes he doesn't quite know. In fact, is surprised, like the centurion, at one point when he goes, wow, I've never seen so much faith as in all Israel. Well, if God knew all things, then why would he already know that man was going to say what he said to him? I'm in charge just like you. I say to one servant, come, he comes. I say to another, go, and he goes. You don't need to go under my roof. Just say the word, he'll be healed. But Jesus didn't know that he would say that because he chose not to know. And doesn't it make it um, better for us as Christians to truly understand that Jesus truly, he went through and understands everything that we'll ever go through? Because just like us, he didn't know. We don't know what's coming tomorrow. We, we, don't, we don't know what's coming later tonight. And there are things Jesus Christ, just, he didn't know what was coming tomorrow. He came to do his will, the will of the Father. He came to do his own will. He came to fulfill the purpose of God, to fulfill all the scriptures that were before him. Those things he knew. He had to make that happen so that he could be the complete satisfaction for God, the propitiation for our sins. But along the way, there were so many things he didn't know. Like when you're tempted and when I'm tempted, we don't know the temptation's coming. It's the same thing with Jesus. He was tempted in the same way as we, yet the difference is Jesus chose not to sin. John 6, or John 13 rather, in verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, that he should depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Jesus knowing, because he had to know. Again, he knew through his power when to know and when not to know. Please don't ask me to explain that because I have no clue because I'm not God. When we look at heaven's throne, heaven's throne will demonstrate to us that, brethren, when someone asks you the question, you know, does God know all things? You'll be able to say, well, I can show you in the Bible things that the Godhead even chose not to know. But God is prepared for everything that ever comes our way and always gives us or provides for us a way of escape when we find ourselves in temptation. So come back next week, Lord willing, and we will look at the, the next part of this uh, from heaven's throne. I appreciate your attention tonight and uh, I thank you for your blessing to me I encourage you if you're not a child of God here's something that we all know what we all know is this that we have the freedom of choice and if you've chosen to sin this week and you need to repent of your sin please do that if you're not a child of God you have the freedom of choice today you can surrender to God in the waters of baptism or you can choose not, but the choice, the ultimate decision is yours. So God bless you and thank you this evening for your time.